Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Okay, everyone, welcome to the Redmen TV podcast, all things Liverpool Football Club. Uh, in discussion-based form between me and Mr. Chris Pajak. In the interest of people who haven't been friends with us for 15 years, I thought we'd just delve straight into the Liverpool stuff. Okay, cool. Before we meander. Okay, I wanted to do an hour of this. Genie Wine Adam. Yeah, but we won't. Shame. Not recorded, anyway. After? After. I love that. Sweet, stay tuned. That's not like pudding, is So, first question to kick us off comes from Kevin Crowley at Kevin... Crowley ninety on Twitter says fifty million pounds, and you can only pick one. Would you choose buying Sanchez or moving to Kirby? Oh! Is it an R though? Yeah. Is it though? Yeah. And now it, I, I get the only way I can say this isn't the easiest question ever because just to clarify, the answer is moving moving to Kirby. I disagree. You disagree? Yeah. Is the reasoning because? If we bought Sanchez, we could win the title and then we'd have loads of money. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> Brilliant. There we go, Sad. Because you're looking at the history, you're looking at the future of the football club, aren't you? And I think that that's massively important. Yeah. You know, Liverpool has to keep moving forward. So Kirby is such a good thing for us. Yeah. But ultimately, if you can uh, expedite the process of becoming a big club again in Europe, mm-hmm. then Sanchez does that. Yeah, uh, and then we get loads of money from Champions League, and then you know what? A year or two down the line, you've got fifty million quid to start the Kirby thing. Sounds, I like yeah. both. Uh, yeah, well, that's that. That the beauty of this question is that I, I look, we're not we're not going to be buying Alexis Sanchez. I don't, I don't, I don't see that. And fifty million to steal. Fifty million would be a, a good when you consider. It's only like three and a bit abs. It, it, <laughs> it's. It's more than three. It's three, it? a, it's three and a third ibs. Three and a third ibs. Yeah. Then that's a fifty. That is, he was fifteen million, wasn't he? Yeah, that's a steal. fifteen, thirty, forty-five plus another five done. So okay, I can get behind that. I the thing about the fifty million thing, and like I, say, I don't, I don't see that we will sign Alexis Sanchez. I don't see that Arsenal would sell him to us one way or the other. But we can dream. Ball. We can dream exactly as it's James Pierce's job to 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 poo poo transfers. That's not that's not what we're here to do. We're here to make people smile. Transfers, isn't I, know, I thought about it the other week. He thinks it's hilarious. Like um, what crushing people's dreams is hilarious. Telling telling the truth. If we had guests on this podcast, Paul, I'd tell him what I think of him. What do you think of him? That he shouldn't really poo-poo transfers. <laughs> let, yeah. let us dream. Yeah, Dreaming's not something that's just done when you're asleep, Paul. Ex- exactly. You should know this but better sometimes, than anyone. Sometimes you've got to wake up, lad. 
So that's what I thought we were going to do. Yeah, it's fine. In jokes. In jokes abound. Um, anyway, yeah, the thing for me is I would love to see us go out this summer and spend £50 million on someone amazing. And he would fit the bill. You know, he's agitating at Arsenal. There's a good chance that he would want to move. Mm. There's, a very, there's a better chance Arsenal won't sell him, but whatever. Um Go out and get someone who totally and utterly fits what you do. Someone who works really, really hard. Loads of pace, loads of ability. Yeah. We would be, we would be an infant. If you, even just in the very simple sense, if you swapped him for Roberto Firmino, and I would, I really like Firmino. Just in our first eleven now, I think we'd be. I think we'd be. It's not top of the league. We'd be. We'd be this is we'd the be thing with them, isn't it? And it's something that Arsenal have done really well all season long. Is they they beat teams that they should be beaten. Yeah. And it's the one thing that you know as a Liverpool fan that we struggle with. And mm. Alexis Sanchez is a big part of that because we know when uh, when Suarez was at Liverpool, it's great to have a flat track bully in your side. Yeah. And look, you look at that mini table, and we've got 19 points from the top six mini table. Arsenal are on like five or six points. Yeah. But you know they're ahead of us in the league, rightfully. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, right now they're they're not RD because yeah. they've got a game in hand and, and and whatever. But you know, there's a there's a there's a 13, 14 point swing there against the lower teams, and yeah. Sanchez gets you those points yeah. and puts us around about Chelsea in my eyes. No, I completely agree with that. I um, the good thing is to say is that theoretically, and there'll be people rolling their eyes and whatever, and I, I don't give a fuck to be honest. Um, that we should we should be able to do both. You know, and, and the people, the there's, yeah, That's there's, the there's people who will think we won't, I and mean, maybe we won't. And I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll know, we'll know in six months' time, won't we? But I think that the Kirby thing is is over here. I mean, this is what it boils down to. If FFP is an actual thing, still, um, you can spend that money on Kirby. Doesn't that doesn't affect you? It's whether we whether the 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 owners are prepared to put a budget up and not have that budget be impacted. If they decide to invest that money in the infrastructure of the club, then FFP can't stop you doing that. You're entirely allowed to do that. If if FSG are saying there's £50 million to spend Jürgen Klopp, where do you want to spend it? And he chooses Kirby, then I'd, I would be a little bit annoyed, to be perfectly honest with you. But if there's the transfer kitty and the £50 million is completely separate, yeah. brilliant, best move for Liverpool Football Club that you can do, yeah. And you're right. The FFP has to play into it. It is still a thing, and, and you are spot on. But I'd be, I'd be gutted, and I would definitely fall into the FSG out camp if it was one or the other. Yeah, but it's, it can't be. It just can't be. Yeah, no. I think it would have, what it boils down to. It would be nice to see us because I'm, I, I'm, I'm all in on the buying lads who are like 21, 22, who are ready to make that big breaking the big step up because that's where Liverpool have historically had the best success in the transfer market. We've had some failures too, but you know, the biggest players that we've we've had um in recent years and just just the two just name Suarez and Torres as, mm. the, as the examples of that. The guys who were the most exciting players that we've bought in recent memory. The guys that went on to be world class. Exactly or became became it at us as well. Like um they, you know I I I'm in on that, but it would be nice for us to go and buy someone who was right in the prime. And, and and spend the big bucks. And considering, like I don't, I, that would obviously absolutely smash our transfer record um, by a good fifteen million quid, say. But when you consider that we, with the money we've we've brought in selling players, exactly. it would be it's nice. Here, it? Here's the thing: it would be, uh, be nice for us to not worry about selling value for like one player a season or one player every two seasons. If it if it I'm if it makes I'm a big totally difference, um, I think there's some more transfer talk in some questions. We're going to be answering some real questions a bit later on, um, and there is some transfer stuff in there. So stay 
tuned for that. Um, topic I wanted to kind of come on to, obviously, let's, let's get back to Liverpool, current in the here and now. Done a lot of stuff on the Arsenal game, and those who want to watch a full in-depth analysis of that, of course, can listen to and watch the final word show on the RedmanTV.com. Um, we had the chance to speak to, well, you had the chance to speak to Robbie and Troops mm. of Arsenal Fan TV and now memes, Troops TV, Troops TV and, and, and Twitter um, viral video fame. I'm sure you could relate. Yeah, we had a good laugh at some of the stuff that we'd done. I mean, I, you know, he probably didn't think I was as famous as I am because Vine doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> so I went to show him a few of the funnier Vines and stuff, but um, no, he basically thought it was a tit anyway. <laughs> but um, yeah, we. Um, I'm still. I'm, it's weird because I, I kind of said, and I and I and I'm, I actually going to use this platform. I do apologise to the the fellow that I singled out after the match. Um, for which most unpromising. I know he he fell victim to circumstance there and my eye a little bit, and it could have been any genuinely could have been anyone. If I, if I'd heard anyone, I basically just those didn't see it, but I was complaining that some guy literally two minutes after the match had finished in the box saying, "Oh, we'll probably draw and lose to Burnley." And I, I something that's been winding me up for a while, and. It annoyed, and it, 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 you know, we've done a bit on it this week, and it annoyed me to the point where I kind of singled him out on a little bit of a go at him. He got back in touch this week and wasn't that very happy with that, which is which is perfectly understandable. I still stand by my point in in terms of I still I, I still think there's a time and place for it all. Like we're now midweek, we've had a few days, we've talked about it, we we we've reveled in the in the win. It was a great win, Chris. Um, and we'll do a little bit more reveling in that in a moment. But obviously, I get now that there does come a point in the week where you do start to look at the next game. But it's still, I do say, I will apologise for individually picking out that guy. But um, yeah, as we, we, we've discussed it at length already, that is it is a thing that Liverpool fans, I think, need to get a little bit better at. We need to get a little bit happier as, as human beings in a general sense. Um, because, Chris, it was a a great win and it was a, a very good game of football from a Liverpool Mate, perspective I thought it was one of the best performances of the season you know I, I, we had completely different um, opinions I suppose and, 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 and thoughts on the game because of where we were in the ground for me that was one of the best atmospheres this season as well you obviously you know didn't think it was anywhere near that yeah. and that's fair enough but where I was it was it was incredible and the, the team on the pitch some of the one touch passing that we were playing the interchanging of position and ball position with Lalana, Firmino, Coutinho and Sadio Mane was just like it was the best that I've seen. I mean, yeah. I've seen us dick teams 5-1, one, 6-1 mm. one, and all that this season. And for me to go and do that against an Arsenal side with a, uh, with Mustafi in the back there, who I thought was actually had a good game, even though they conceded three. Yeah. You know, great players, a great squad, a good manager. We absolutely dicked them in the eye. We, yeah. just, we just got it out and just kept poking and kept poking and their eyeball essentially went in on itself. <laughs> Yeah, can't. Uh, yeah, concave. It's not the it's not the analogy that I've gone for, but it works. So I'll I'll, ter- I'll certainly take that. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, we were good. Like, like you're right. It's in terms of the enthusiasm around it. I, it was. I've said this a couple of times recently, and I want to I want to be able to say it more. It was another one of those games that it was a it was a pseudo Rafa-esque game for me, and it was more exciting than I think a lot of, because Rafa Benitez. Let's face it, you can count. We've almost had as many incredible wins where we snotted a team with great attack and football this season as we had under the entire reign of Rafa Benitez. We were far more just solid and, 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 and tactical in my view. But as I said, I talked about the, the inevitability of this game and the way that we just went about picking Arsenal apart was so nice. I don't think it was as 
although there were moments of it, I never felt this was as blood and thunder as some of the games we've had and some of the wins we've had under Jurgen Klopp. It just felt like a systematic, like, we know how to beat these. We're going to go out and we're going to do it in, as prof- in a really yeah. professional manner. We were so incisive in what we did um, that it was, a, it was a joy in a completely... Well, not a completely different way, but in a different way to what we've seen. Whereas I think we've seen games because where we've we've been we've been all in everyone's face and we've been tearing around the pitch. This felt it's a little more controlled. It did, and you know I, I talk about it, and I I do think it was blood and thunder, but it was controlled blood and thunder this time. Yeah. And, and what I mean by that is, as you said there, the the right word I think that you used to sum it up was incisive. There wasn't any wasted energy in that yeah. performance, and I think at times this season and the times on the Jurgen Klopp. You know, there has been a lot of wasted energy and there's been a lot of running for no need. And I think what we did better than anything was we transitioned from that quick pressing, high up the pitch style of football to we'll just sit back a little bit, mm-hmm. we'll wait for them, we'll take the ball off and, and then we'll spring our attacks. Yeah. It was it was much more controlled, it was much more thought out. The the as I say, the interchange and the passion, the first touch of the forwards, you wouldn't having watched the Leicester game, you wouldn't think it was the same three players yeah. playing up top because their first touch against Leicester was shite. Yeah. And their first touch against Arsenal almost every single time they took on a man with it yeah. and they moved the ball on dead quickly and it's it was such an Arsenal of maybe five years ago type of performance yeah. in the way that we passed the ball around and stuff and for me it was it was exhilarating to watch and there was a there was a period where Arsenal had the had control of the game between maybe 20 and 25 and then a little bit later on maybe 70 they had another five minutes this is Arsenal they're mm. a good side they, you know they've been in the Champions League how many years on the bounce they're used to going and playing these yeah. big games and we dominated every phase of yeah. the football match they, and not once sorry not once yeah. did I think they were going to win I think they had Two two proper chances and probably another one or two of, of of dangerous moments really. And when you consider that was you know a great save from Simon Mignolet, you know hats off to him. The the one they scored and then a couple where they fizzed across the Giroud header. Yeah, yeah, and we and we kind of um, we, we had to throw our bodies on the line to get it clear and whatever. But that was fantastic. One thing that really pleased me was interesting. I watched a little bit of the Chelsea game. Um, Chelsea West Ham on Monday, and I caught a bit of the analysis at the end. And they were talking, they, they were breaking down. I think it was walls. Yeah, barriers, <laughs> left, right, and centre, <laughs> just breaking it down. Well, it was Carrigan and Lampard, so you know there was obviously a lot of healing going on there. Um, the didn't he say that Gerrard was a better midfielder, or has that been twisted on I, Twitter? I don't know. Um, things things do. It wouldn't. Let, I don't know. Let's just guess, yes. Because I, I saw, I can't, I can't remember who it was on Twitter. Is it Dave O'Cop or something like that? He does a lot of the news stuff about half ten and, at night. And sure. he tweeted that, you know, Lampard admitted that Gerard was better. And then there was a load of replies going, was this from Monday Night Football? Because I didn't see this, basically. So I wonder whether they've just twisted his I words. Think he, I don't think he said better. I think he just said he was one of the best players he'd come up against in the Premier League. Oh, well, he doesn't come up against himself, so that's nothing like what he's <laughs> so only, only in the mirror. Only when getting out of bed every single morning. He's got one above uh, his bed, mate. And trying to... Well, Frank, Frank Lampard's got a mirror of his bed. You would, wouldn't you? If you were Frank Seen Lampard. Or... <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got genuinely no idea where we were going with all this. Yeah, the, the, there's a counter-attack goal that they score, and it's, they go from the edge of their own 18-yard box to goal within, like, 11 seconds. Yeah. Um, and they talked about about the, the, like the how top teams are able to destroy it on the counter attack with pace and they saw about the great man united teams etc etc and I, and i thought and when i was watching that i did think about our our goal and how it, it wasn't quite as fluid as that because it was i think it was a lot more intelligent in some respects because yeah. of the adam lalana holding up and uh, and moving they've coming back on side and making his run but that we need i want to see more of that and and obviously we we just need 
when Mane's your only pace in the team, it limits you. We've seen too many counter attacks break down. It's not. It's it. It was such a feature of a Rafa, of the Rafa Benitez team, particularly with Pepe Reina mm. in there supplying the ammunition, going along to Torres down the down the flanks or whatever. But um, that was. I mean, apart from the fact that it was genuinely rapturous when we scored that third goal, that was the thing that I enjoyed most about that because we, if we, I think if we're gonna compete, we need to be doomed that more often against teams that are trying to put pressure on us, you know. And that's right, isn't it? Because look, they were they were pushing for a goal at the time and that's uh, hence the counter attack of it all. But we win the ball. I think it's Sanchez's shot that's blocked, isn't it? And then the ball breaks to Adam Lallana. We're a little bit lucky that it breaks to him. Then we're not lucky. Then it's all about how much determination, how much desire these players have got, yeah. have got to go and get that third goal and put this game to bed. And you know, Gino Wijnaldum's run from the 18-yard line of, of his own of his own box, and you see him. We've talked about it. You see him. He's, he's sort of he's looking. He's got a, he's got a, he's got a feel for where the ball is. He's got a feel for how it's going down, and he sees the moment. As soon as the ball goes into Divock and the flag doesn't go up, he puts the afterburners on, yeah. and he's. Just just there's no one on the pitch who wants that more and the ball's fantastic and the finish is a striker's finish mm. and then the crowd went fucking mental yeah, absolutely bananas it was it was absolutely amazing um yeah so it was good it was enjoyable great to chat to, definitely great to chat to the arsenal fan tv boys what i loved one of my moments because we were, we were we were hoping to do some stuff with Robbie post match and then he was getting hassled by the police because basically they got moved away from Anfield toward the Arkles and then just loads of Liverpool fans were diving in on them. It was and, brilliant and, um, and 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 video bombing and, and blah blah blah. Did what? you see all the stuff stuff with the sun stickers? Yeah, Liverpool yeah. fans were covering them head to toe and don't buy the sun stickers. Yeah, they were talking about it yesterday, like laughing about it. Like, and, you know, fair play to Toops in fairness on his video, he gets a couple stuck onto his chest and stuff and and and. Robbie he says the the really you know vociferous about this, aren't they? Um, I don't think he used the word vociferous, but go ahead. Um, and then troops is like, you know what? I backed them. Fair play, that's real. And yeah. you're like, you know what? That's boss. Yeah. I like to see that type of stuff. And yeah. for me, it's the first time that I've met troops, and you know we're obviously mates with Robbie and stuff. I I really liked him. Yeah. I think he is. He's not putting it on for the cameras in yeah. any way, shape, or form. That is troops. I think he's a really nice guy, and I think he's got some bottle coming in here and basically shouting down Wenger while I'm just laughing at a camera <laughs> like for 15 minutes. So that I, I basically said hello to them. If you've not watched the video, it's on YouTube. And then they started ranting, the two of them. And then it was about 10 minutes in. And I was just laughing at the camera. And Robbie realises what's going on. And yeah. then I'm just pissing myself towards the camera. And picks up the pillow and fucking throws it at my face. like. And it was it's such a good video. But they come off really, really well. Like. We've got a, actually James Olcott from Ball Street phone. Should we, should we speak to him? No. <laughs> James. James, we're recording our podcast. Can you say hello? Fantastic. Technology at its finest. Yeah, call failed. There you go, Paul. Weird. Brilliant. That was a that was a high point. He's obviously scared. Actually, this is what he's. Hang on, is he phoning this me? Is bread and butter. This isn't it? Yeah, this is absolutely. To be honest brilliant. with you. But look, you know, I, I I I'd love to have spoken to them after the game because I think you see something a bit more raw and a bit more emotional. Yeah. I know that look. I was fucking. Off it, yeah. After the game, like, <laughs> absolutely. You were like, like Ric Flair, honestly. Like a young Rick well, I Flair. said to you, I always do mine after you, don't I? And I was like, let me do this one. I, I need to get this out of my system now, like before, because sometimes what can happen is you go for a big win and stuff, and <laughs> so you go for a big win. You go, you, you, you have that big win, and by the time I get round to doing mine, it's like 20, 25 minutes, and I think what you get is you get that raw emotion when you do a, a reaction straight after the mm. game, and. I was definitely raw, and, I, and my throat was raw. From this is why we. This is why I stopped interviewing you post post match. 
give you the moments. But no, and then it's just right. Now, what was funny is that we, we um, Robbie had loads of issues that recording this post, post-match stuff, so they, they didn't get round to us in time. But what was funny is, first out how many Liverpool fans got onto it and decided to go over and just to watch the spectacle of it all. Why, why wouldn't you? And, uh, and, uh, but when we were walk, we walked over, we thought, we'll go and see if we can find them. And there's like three or four little lads, who probably about 11, we walked past, is that, is that, that the Liverpool one? That's Redman TV. Redman TV! Arsenal fan TV, they go and do them in, lads. <laughs> like it's a scene out of Anchorman. <laughs> that would be amazing. I genuinely love that. And Shadow Wars, brilliant. Yeah, that's it. And Robbie, Robbie just be hosting. Wouldn't give, wouldn't, wouldn't get stuck in Robbie. Yeah, you got, he's obviously got to interview the winner. There's <laughs> a million views. I wanted just that you just on the on this side because they were lads for up here. We got a, I got to do a film a wheel of wank with. Troops, those who don't know what wheel of wank is, it's me and someone else playing really shit old football games via the medium of a spinning wheel. Um, and uh, we we had a couple and, of and consoles. Yeah, we had a couple of Liverpool Arsenal games on there, and I re- I was tempted to get him to, to I was tempted to fan cam him afterwards to see if he would react to his own performances. I said to him, "Listen, you're fucked here, mate, because if you're shit, what are you gonna do? How would young how would a young troops react to when, when you're out? Troops out." That's all I'm saying. Um, so yeah, it, it was. I say it was good, and it was. All, it, to be fair, it's always good after a win, isn't it? Um, but uh, moving forward, uh, Burnley, and like I say, this is why I, I've apo- I, I do apologise to people who are taking offence to me, kind of having a go. I get, I do get it. I do get people who who are worried about it because this is what this is what kind of what I was saying, and the final word was. There was there was a bit of, there was inevitability which was a concerning inevitability I felt about the Arsenal game I think a lot of people kind of took it for granted because not in a not in a way where we take like FA Cup third round games for granted and then we get mm. snotted but like in that kind of way where it's become the common narrative we're good against good teams and we're shit against shit teams and so I think there's that that was always in people's minds that people I think people thought we'll be fine against these because we've proven we can do this, but we've got to be worried about Burnley. Which it, and my annoyance from that stems from my God, I remember the se- I remember the times when we could never beat Arsenal, and I remember yeah. the, with seasons where like Brendan Rodgers couldn't beat a top team to save his fucking life, and then he had a little spell when he beat he beat a couple. But by and large, we were dreadful against our rivals under under, under Brendan. Um, so I'm I'm just I'm buzzing to get me back to that. I think you can solve those other problems but like I say I get people's I get people's worry because you know it is a big part it's a big part of all you know our what? Like, look I, I get people's worries and stuff as well I just don't understand why people have to be vocal with them mm. because I don't think it helps anybody no. it doesn't help anybody to, to look these people are realists and, they, and they'll say this and, and that's cool they think they're realists and they probably are mm. and that's great but the fact is when you're you're not even out the ground or you're just outside the ground and the game finished five minutes ago and you're already looking forwards to Burnley it's like I don't I can't watch football like that. Yeah. I can't enjoy football like that because, you know, we've got to take your time. You've got to look back and you can be raw and emotional and then you can a day later we talk about these results and stuff and I let that flow over me. I get the good mood from a win yeah. at least until the hump day in the week, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I'll start focusing on Burnley. But right right then and there, when you're in the midst of those feelings, when you when your team's won, when they've won well, when it's against a big team, just enjoy it. Yeah. And that's, I, 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 like, I, I, I get it. And it's brilliant that the realists, but I have got hope and hope that Liverpool will turn it around. And hope yeah. is the difference between what I think I have and what a realist has, because I hope Liverpool will go and do it. Yeah. 
and you know you can say look yeah. historically that might not be the case and stuff I don't care it's the only way that I can support yeah, Liverpool it's, it's literally it's just I can't compete any other way yeah I think that's the thing for me I, like again it's it, it, there's a great line from Rob Gutman and, and the Anfield Rap a couple of weeks ago in one of his uh, match previews and he says look I'm, I'm an optimist but don't think that means I'm some sort of happy, clappy dickhead, and like, you doesn't see the, the the problems and blah blah blah. Because and, and I say the same for me. People think that because I'm upbeat about stuff, I'm somehow blind or whatever. To it. I'm not. I just choose. I choose what makes me. I choose to focus on the things that you know that, that make me happy, and I choose not to dwell on things that are going to cause negativity. I'll give you a great example of it. Second, you'd have kids. All you ever do. All you spend the rest of your life doing is staving off negative thoughts of what might happen if. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and what would happen if, if my kids had to go through X, Y, and Z? So you literally, if I if you, if I chose to I, if I chose to think of every bad thing that could happen to people I loved, I would be fucking crippled all day long. Um, but I don't. I choose to try and enjoy the moments because that's the only way. That's real realistically. And it was again, I'm, I'm paraphrasing Rob, but look, at the end of the day. If you, I'll give you, I'll give you the most realist thing you can say. We're all gonna fucking die, yeah. Mm. We're all gonna die. The life, life does not end well, no matter what you, how you choose to fill it. So, uh, given that's the case, I would choose to focus on as many things that focus on the things that make me happy. Don't bother with the news. My people might say that's that's blinded to you, but if I can't, and it's a year in Kloppism, but I try my best not to be not to concern myself with things I can't control. But what I can do is look at things with things that make me happy and go, yeah, I, I, I choose choose happiness. This is like a line from a couple of years ago as well. But And that's, that's the thing with me. But, as I say, we're now at that point of the week where you can't sit and fucking revel in wins for, for, for too long because the next game does come, the next game is approaching, and Burnley's massive because, and this is the thing, now, and, I, and it's, I've always got it, if Liverpool don't turn it on against Burnley, I agree. What's the fucking? What is the point of of getting yourself up for the big games if you can't go and win games when they're they're the points that are going to get us in the top four? Ultimately, you play more games against teams in the thirteen other places or whatever in the league than you do in the teams in the, the you know the six or seven around. That's yeah. it. And look, Liverpool have got to change something, I think, to go and play Burnley. They haven't won a game away from home all season. Their home records, I think, it was about the third best in the league last time. We obviously got beaten at Burnley. This is an Anfield. This is a this is a Liverpool side that's buoyed off the Arsenal results. They'll be obviously wondering and thinking about what's gone wrong against the other teams that have been lower down there, especially the relegation teams and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Other teams in the those relegation places, sorry. But regardless, long term, I genuinely believe, I I really do, that this little patch that we're going through now with these teams that we're struggling against will make us a better side. Mm-hmm. Because it's all it's it, historically, if you look at the Premier League, it's the team that does best in those mini leagues between the top four, top six that goes on and wins the it, wins the yeah. league because they can beat them and generally all the other teams as well. So long term, yeah. as soon as we figure it out, yeah. we'll be fucking flying. Well, that, I, I just you know I, I'm I'm of the the opinion that maybe we just don't possess enough tools and there is the defensive side of things. I, I don't think we're I just don't think we're a million miles off it. And I, I, I I've said this before, but I, I'm always you're right. I, I, it's important that we get this side of things right. As you saying, look, if we get, if we manage to get into the Champions League, and that's look is dependent on us sorting the other shit out. To be fair, but I'm always your, my dad saying, yeah, but, but Champions League, 
I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna look forward to the Champions. I won't have as much trepidation about Champions League football next season if we get in there because we've shown that we can handle ourselves against the top sides. Yeah. I would I would be more worried about the Europa League yeah, and yeah, fucking yeah. FA Cup and blah 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 if we don't get a if we don't get a grip on the on the other side of things you know um, I um, yeah yeah do you I, think he's going to change anything up for this game Paul I history for all well, history but from what we've seen this season I would. Um, Give you an example. What do you do with now? What what's the groove you found on doing your starting elevens? I always go for the team that last last came out. Exactly. So that's what Klopp tends e- to do. Exactly. Exactly that. So whereas in the past we've kind of like stressed out over these and gone, God, it could be anyone X, Y, and Z. What we kind of found was, by and large, don't change too much, and more often than not, barring some sort of last minute moments, you're probably going to get Liverpool starting eleven right. It's been a lot more consistent under Jurgen Klopp. So my my thinking is, it would be. I if we if we go out with the same formation and more or less the same eleven, you might see Lovren come in and whatever. Mm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, and how happy or unhappy I am about that will depend entirely on the performance and the results. Um, sitting here right now, thinking ahead to it, and thinking about what we've where we've struggled so far this season. You're gonna say Divock. Well, yeah, Divock. I was gonna get. I was gonna get to Divock. Absolutely. Um, it was more about. I feel like we need to try something a bit different, and I don't mean throw some shit at the wall and see what sticks. I mean, I'm hoping that we've got another tactical plan, mm. um, which, as as you said, there might mean yes. Let's 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 put Divock Origi up front. However, whatever that may mean, um, and find a way to play to his strengths because I. <sighs> I, I I think we've said this already, haven't we? I think that the like Roberto Firmino is amazing and he's the right guy for those big games, but I'm not convinced he's the right guy for the games where we need to go and barge our way through a team and win a game. I, th- I think you're right. and Look, I think Firmino has struggled and he struggles specifically when, when defenders play up against him and, yeah. and that's what's going to happen against Burnley. They're not going to give him an inch of space to turn in. Uh, I would I would actually like to see Divock give him a game. Yeah. I really would this time. And, you know, he went through that patch where he scored five and five, didn't he, just around Christmas and stuff. Didn't really play particularly well, I don't think. And I think yeah. a lot of Liverpool fans are the same. But what he's got is he's got that eye for goal. He's got that eye for half a yard of space in the penalty area yeah. because he's a striker, because he's done it his entire career, because he understands the movements of defenders, he understands the movements of wingers and how to find himself that little bit of space. And he could be the difference in a very, very tight game because of his physical attributes as well as his skill and his ability to find that space in the penalty area. So I wouldn't mind resting Roberto Firmino because it's City after Burnley, is it? Am I right in saying? Yeah. And then City. So that's wrong. Oh, shy. We looked over to you for an input. Okay, City then international. That's better. So I was right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I'm going to carry on. Um, so, you know, a big game against Manchester City. Maybe you keep Roberto Firmino fresh for that. Well, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. Because this is the thing we had after the, after the, um, the Leicester game. We were all saying, we could do a change. We need to do something different. Arsenal's not the game for that no, because no. we've got our game plan for those for those type of teams. So yeah, I agree. I think Man City. I think we know who how we're going to line up and who how we're going to play against Man City. Um, they, they, as we've said, those games sort they themselves, themselves out, out to some, yeah. to some but extent. But then equally, you know, having having a little, you know, I'm, I'm probably thinking a bit too far ahead here, but. You know, with the way that the game played out at Anfield against Manchester City on New Year's Eve, yeah. 
that could have been a type of game for Divock Origi to really, you know, if he played in the last, the way he did against Arsenal in those last few minutes, because we had nothing of the ball against Manchester City, yeah. and we were basically were hitting them on the counter attack, weren't we, uh, for large periods of the game. That could actually look like a little bit of a game for Divock Origi because he's got that pace to get in, he's got that ability to hit those wide spaces yeah. and trouble maybe Stones and Otamendi and whatever. So, but look, I'm on crack. You're starting Roberto Firmino all day yeah, yeah. because he's proven that he can do it in those big games. He's proven he can do it against them. In the in the, for Burnley though, because here's the here's the conundrum. Nearly is you gonna play against a team that's gonna park the bus? Mm. They're gonna defend for the lives. They're gonna defend. Even now, what Burnley were able to do uh, away from home is the the kind of sucker punched us early. They got two good goals, uh, and we were we were fucked from from then on because once they're defending deep, you're always gonna struggle to break teams down. Are you gonna break a team down three times in order to get what you need from that? That's that's gonna you're gonna struggle to do that the best of times. Um, what will what? As with anything, this has been the consistent problem for Liverpool. Stoke used to do this all the time. If we get the goal in the first fifteen minutes, yeah. I think we're absolutely we're absolutely splendid with this one. So the question is, um, who? What, what does Divock? What what does Divock really bring? Because if of our bet our best chance of scoring goals, what well, we score our most goals when we've got Coutinho, Firmino, Origi, uh, um, sorry Mane. We then change it to put Divock in. Who's who's missing? We're saying maybe Firmino misses out in that regard. But what is it that Divock's doing in that type of game? Because if they're sitting deep, he's not as skillful a footballer no, so as Firmino. I suppose the answer for me anyway for, for this is like he's got to occupy two defenders and I don't think that Firmino does that in an attacking sense I think physically he is just a bit more of a, a handful but also the fact that he's got that extra pace yeah. over Roberto Firmino is that the other centre-back can't go too far away from his, his partner because they are worried about that ball in behind if we if we are breaking mm-hmm. but also in, in an attacking sense he can find that yard he can get to the ball quicker if a good ball's whipped into the box yeah. whereas I don't think Firmino offers you that and I think I think Firmino is very good at counter-pressing I think he's absolutely brilliant at that I think yeah. he's uh, you know we don't need to talk about that at all. But what Divock can do is he can find that space, he can find that half a yard of space, and he can actually occupy both centre backs. And I don't think Firmino can do that. Yeah, I think what's interesting. I mean, I know we we found these problems to be consistent against teams that defend deep against us, who who don't don't have the ambition to go and get something from the game. You know, I'd be interested to see how Mane handles this game because obviously he famously missed play, it, yeah. missed the away the away game. This is this this game for me is so important. Pardon me, simply because this is our advantage. This is the point now where we played this. We played this as an away game. We had those three away games to start the season off, and now this is when having these games, having this game at home at the back end of the season, is supposed to be a thing for Liverpool. And as I say, this boils down to me whole thing about hope. Yeah, on the final word the other week and what have you. We could we could all just do with Liverpool doing the business yeah. because I'm, I'm sure we'll all breathe loads easier well actually, while, while we were talking those who were watching the video of this on the, on the redmantv.com will wonder why I was being really being really rude and, and it looked like I was ignoring you I wasn't ignoring you kind of used to anyway I was, <laughs> I was researching just on the Firmino stuff I just thought it'd be interesting to look at actually who he scored his goals against because mm. we're saying he can't perform against the the, the lesser lights of he the Premier League and whatever season. well this is the thing yeah and, and obviously this has to be quantified, qualified by the teams that we snotted early on in the season either haven't done or will not play that way against us necessarily in the second half because of the way we absolutely twatted them everywhere the first time around. But just to go through it, two against Leicester at Anfield from left wing, 
Um, Swan score from scored against one against Swansea, one against Crystal Palace, one against Watford. Uh, scored from left wing against Stoke. Scored another two uh, against Swansea a couple of a couple of weeks ago. The thing is, though, Paul, you, you can't measure what Firmino brings to that side yeah. in just goals, can you? Well, let's have a look it's at about it. creating space. It's about creating movement. Yeah. Sadio Mane is our top scorer because Roberto Firmino's playing up top. Yeah, what's telling is this, because again, even like his assist, assist against Spurs, assist against Swansea when he got his goal as well, assist against West Brom, two against Watford, and then he hasn't had to, actually hasn't registered an assist in the league until this Arsenal. week against Arsenal. So when you look at it, what we've talked about, like that, that turnaround in approach to, to playing us, when you go f- almost from Watford onwards, that's only four goals he scored, only four goals and one assist since we played Watford um, back in, oh, stupid dates in the wrong order November the 6th of November um, so the, the maybe you know you're right maybe there is a there is a case for this um, I, I certainly hope so because much like Emery Chan's got a long way to go I think to A become the footballer that I think he thinks he can be mm. and, and and also his supporters think he can be as well he, we discussed about this we discussed this this week I think on the final word as well he needs game time he needs to prove himself Divock Origi him and in fact funnily enough I was talking to John Aldridge about this this last week when we were doing the William Hill 4-4 tube thing and he was, we, we were asked about off camera we were asked about Chan and we were asked about Origi and his words he's dead right they've both gone backwards this season um, and whether that is simply limited to amount of game time which I think will be a contributing factor I think it's right I think both Divock Origi's got a lot to prove I think we had such high hopes for him last season we felt so comfortable with our attacking options in the summer and yet now we're facing in and running into the campaign where we need to get as many points on the board as possible we've hit a, a wall and, and hit a problem that we're, we're struggling to overcome with regards to these low block teams if, if Firmino's not the answer Divock Origi's going to have to step up I think and be, and be the answer because if he can't be the answer, I don't see where he's going to be getting a lot of a lot of football for Liverpool. You know, all. It's, it's a really interesting point, and you know, I'd not considered the has he gone backwards question. And as soon as you said it, I'm starting to think about it. I'm like, he probably has, hasn't he? Mm. You know, and and that's not good for a player of his age and his ability. So you, you're right; he does need to step it up, and he needs to be given the opportunities to step it up because I think the one thing you can level at him, Arsenal. Um, if you dismiss Arsenal, yeah. Arsenal, Arsenal aside, sorry, yeah, um, is that he's not a good substitute. He's mm. not good when he comes into the game, and you know, and, and it was a, it was a point from the final word that someone brought up, and maybe that's because we we're always losing. You know, it was a little bit different against Arsenal. The game suited him yeah. rather than we're trying to force him into our game plan to try and get a lucky break or something like that. Yeah. Whereas I actually felt that the substitution against Arsenal was perfect because of the way that they were playing, the way that the game was panning out at that time. And, you know, if we play more to his strengths, maybe we'll see more out of him. Maybe that's just the way we've got to do it. No, no, I agree with that. And I hope we do because, like we've said, we, we have... I don't think when we say we've had one we play one way I don't think that's it's not true in the strictest sense it's not like Roy Hodgson teams play one way no there's intricacies in this formation yeah there's, there's we play we have a general approach yeah. and, there's, and there's, there's there's loads of movements underneath that but we we've seen and it's happened look it's been, again it's happened many different times at Liverpool for many different centre forwards and, and what have you it's that we often don't change our style to play to and it's actually been a limitation of Liverpool under a number of managers where you've played, you've got a guy who works amazingly well for you, and unless you've got another guy who replicates that, 
there's a massive drop off when that guy's not in the Torres team. Torres and go. Torres and go exactly. And but even actually to, to some extent, that was, was an, there was an attempt with that because you had a, a, a pacey lad who had a, who had good feet and whatever. So that was it's about was building the squad though, isn't it? You know, you can't come in and do this from what you know as bad as it is. And he's had a couple of transfer windows. It's still clock. It's still Rogers' side yeah, for the yeah. most part. But the, the point I'm making is yeah, exactly. But in the absence of being able to do that, we, you're, you're and you're right, preaching a little bit. Of, it's going to take a few seasons to get all. All the players and all the system in place, yada yada. The point I'm kind of driving at is what you were saying. The point earlier almost is we should. I think anyway. I think it's what it all boils down to. We should be looking to modify our approach mm. to get the best out of someone else because. Uh, and I hope that I hope that we've learned this lesson. I hope it doesn't take a draw or a defeat against Burnley for us to go okay we now definitely know yeah well we know already to be fair we know we, um, yeah exactly exactly that um, but one, then, of, one of the things that sorry mate one of the things that I'd level at Klopp is we spoke, we spoke about it earlier he does tend to play the same side every single week and that can become very very easy for an opposition manager to, to you know the problem to solve and it's just yeah, to have Burnley thinking about Roberto Firmino and his movements and then just to throw Divock Origi in as a surprise yeah. could really, it damages the confidence of the squad. They don't really know what to expect. They've, yeah. they've trained all week for a certain type of a player and a certain type of approach yeah. and to just tweak it slightly can cause them to derail and that's what we've not done enough of and I don't think we've quite got the players yet to be able to say we can do this every single week and you can't stop us yeah. because I think it's proven yeah. that teams can stop us. Yeah, yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. The one thing that he's got going for him and to be fair like I think Daniel Sturridge has got this going for him as well and I, I don't I genuinely it, it's sad that we've come to the point now where I kind of he's not even in me thinking for this game even if he was to you know I know he's, he had an injury off the back he had a, a virus and then he picked up a hip injury or something didn't he Um Probably he's done, mate. Well, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully he's got something. Hopefully he's got something to contribute between now and the season. I wouldn't like to see his career fizzle out, like. But as I said, the, the thing that Divock Origi's got going for him is, and we've seen it with the goals he did score because he scored some very important goals in the Sunderland game in particular um, at Anfield. He give him a, a sniff, and he'll stick the ball in the back of the Striker. net. Exactly, exactly, and something like that. So, I, I hope we mod, we do modify what we do slightly, and if we put Origi in there, I hope we play to his strengths. That or if we, if we're not, here's the thing with Origi: if we're not going to play to his strengths and we're playing him in his best position, then you might as well use Matt White. Yeah, you know, and, we, and we've not seen any sign of that either. To be fair, but I wouldn't be against the idea of putting him on the putting him on the wing just to stretch his legs out. Well, this is it, and it, not in our current system. Um, but in a four-two, if you did a four, let's say a four-two-three-one for the sake of argument, you st- someone someone good is missing out. No matter no matter which way you slice it, but you could put him. You could put Phil Coutinho in the ten, or you could put and put him on the left. That means the line is. I don't know. This, this again. These are these are the eternal conundrums that we have. Um, but you know, I back the managers and the team to uh, the management team to sort it out to some extent. But no, cool, exciting. Man. And we'll be doing more of this, of course, on the Uncensored Match Build Up Show. If you're new to Redman TV, if you just listen, if you've just this is just you think this is just a podcast, it's not. Um, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the camera. Those who are watching on the RedmenTV.com will know it's not. But if you're just listening on iTunes or whatever, um, please make sure that you give a, a five star review. A five star review for how many times Liverpool have won the European Cup. That'll do. Uh, yeah, and, and say some nice words about us because it helps. Um, but also, yeah, if you want more of us 
chat in Liverpool you can do youtube.com forward slash the Redmen TV or the Redmen TV.com where all of our exclusive shows uh, go on and that makes all of this possible so one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on same goes for healthcare that's why United Healthcare offers flexible budget friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more learn more at uh1.com when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh yeah, so right, so we normally do. I say normally. This is our third podcast. Um, we've got the get in the bin mm. format where we choose something from Liverpool culture, what have you, to put in the bin, room one hundred and one style. Got the jingle now like. as well. Have we? Get in the bin. I really thought you. <laughs> I genuinely thought you, you picked his phone up, and I thought you had something for us. It was, a, it was a video gag as opposed to an audio get in gag. The bin, get in the bin. Um, get in the bin. Um, dun, get in the bin. Dun. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, but we, we, we put a spin on this this week and the spin comes courtesy, Ooh. right? Look at the state of this agenda. Someone put some paper back into the printer Divi. and then the printer stopped working. So Divi's I, not a word you hear often enough I anymore. love the word Divi. I noticed that Troops was using ham roll a lot. I don't understand what so it meant. So what it is, is it's just nothing. And it's 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 just so it's just a, a it's just the most plain and boring nothing thing. So calling someone a ham it's like roll, vanilla. yeah, you know, it's like it, it, it's just such a, a a nothing thing that it's better than calling someone a, a, a twat. You just you you're not even that you're so shit. Sorry. I'm not even going to waste the swear work, word. It doesn't on you. work like that, soups. Doesn't work like that. There's different types of ham, mate. You know what I mean? Like ham is exclusively from the hind legs of a pig. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I've always right. wondered actually. Right. Because there are a lot of things that you get. So there's from a lot the of things that goes into to making ham. So to just say it's fucking boring and dismiss it. What's like the that difference between ridiculous. like a pork chop and bacon? Bacon. Um, I assume it's from where it is in the pig. To be honest with you, it's got I've to got be. To, I felt like you had this knowledge. I probably did have this knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> um, not today not today no, uh, yeah. so anyway normally we should get in the bin but thanks to uh, Alban Olverborn who's at Olverborn on Twitter he suggested like honey do... roast ham do you know what I mean it's like <laughs> it's better but you know he it, probably it's that process shite doesn't he yeah but in terms of it you know in terms of like the, the, the you've got ham butties this is why this is why you defend I do have them ham so seriously <laughs> I thought, hang on a second. There's a, there's but a it's root, true. There's a root behind this. But in terms of how the butties go, like ham, ham butties as a solid butty choice. But 
It's not like the king of butty choices. No, it? of course it's not the king, but it's not the worst. It's like saying someone's bread and bread, bread and butter. Or like something, paste, know. you know what I mean? Yeah. Paste, like which is essentially fucking cat food. That's a shit butty. Mm. That's a proper shit butty. Ham, well, that's a, ham. But we're lucky to be able to get as much access to ham as we do nowadays. True, true. But the point is, is that a paste butty is shit. It's terrible. Ham butties are just. If you what if, if someone gives you a butty, what's the it's the, literally the most co- it's probably the most common sandwich meat. You don't know in that, Paul. Fridges. I would get I would be I would be prepared to say that. You know why? Because we're not particularly an expansive family when it comes to what foods we buy, and ham is just and my missus is is, is not is very a very picky eater. Ham is just a solid resource to go to go to. I would suspect. Uh, you know, maybe, it maybe it depends what type of let ham us you know, use. Let us know. Like, in the, let us know when you find that on iTunes. Um, but yeah, um, and a roll. <coughs> There's so many different types of roll. Yeah, you've got to be more specific, Toops. But this is the point. You're missing. I think you're missing the point. I'm not missing the point. I don't think you I don't think you. I'm not backing down. I'm not missing the point. I don't think it's for you. I don't think it's for you. Um, but Divi is Divi is Divi, but I think because Divi is. It's just not you know. Don't waste the energy on someone by being really angry and calling them something really nasty. Divi's just such a funny, is a funny word, isn't it? Like, uh, anyway, cheers to Alvin Overboard, uh, who suggested rather than get in the bin, it's get out the bin. So, what are we take? What, Ooh. what the, what of Liverpool's culture past that we no longer do anymore? Winning league titles, Winning Paul. League titles. <laughs> yeah. Can we go back to that? Yeah. Right, mic drop, done. End of podcast. That's it. Yeah. You're not getting better than that. Yeah. It's, it's good. I don't think I think that's as good an answer as you're likely to get. In the interest of just drawing so it out for a few more It's more than minutes. a ham roll, is it? What? Winning league titles, it's more than a ham roll. What's that in the roll? I don't know. No. Is that like um pulled pork I don't roll? think I don't think it's a, a scale of sandwiches. <laughs> you get me Listen <laughs> all right, Sam. So uh, for me, if I had to get something out of the bin for Liverpool culture, dust it back off and bring it back into our day-to-day Liverpoolian lives. Um, good songs for footballers who we like. I am so I like. We did it at the start. The the the, 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 the Genie One album. It's shit. Uh, it's catchy, but it's shit. I love it. Mane, Mane. It's catchy. But it's shit. I it. No, I know, but this is how far we've fallen, Chris. You're accepting mediocrity. I'm not accepting mediocrity. <laughs> I don't even know whether I'm FSG in or out. Stop escaping the microphone as well. Oh, I'm trying to shout loud. <laughs> no, this is the problem. Nothing so I think because people can talk about oh the money we're spending, I know the owners, I know the manager, I know the tactics, and blah 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 blah. The thing that sums up Liverpool's decline more than anything else is our horrendous current horrendous songs and chants that we have for players. What's the best current? Song or chant that we have, uh, postcards to Tommy. Okay, I, I mean of of the of the new, of the newbie for players for Bloody players hell. that we have. I think it's probably them. Phil too. Coutinho, crap. In the grand scheme of things, Phil on your Coutinho, scale, Phil Coutinho is the is like the tail end of the old way of doing things, where we picked a, a, a Lucas Leiva's not song. too bad. Lucas Le- yeah, I don't mind Lucas Leiva, but again, I don't think it's that good either no, is it's it? not, you, no you're right Paul you are right these songs aren't good enough but it, it is for me anyway it's from a, a, a more widespread problem I think what, what what you used to have in the cop and what you used to have in Anfield is a is a group of people who used to go there every single week yeah. a, a brethren a, a fucking people who, who understand each other and are from the same thing and unfortunately now with the way that football's gone and modern football being the way that it is you do get these rotation of, of fans coming in and out and they might come in once in their entire life and they mm-hmm. might come in once a season but what that means 
means is that you don't get that support in quite the same way. There's, it's very difficult to get a song that takes a lot of effort. There's got a lot of ways that people need to fucking remember to yeah. get it off the ground because ultimately you are getting loads of people coming into the ground, whether they're from Liverpool or whether they're from far away, that don't know the words of these songs. So what happens is we've made shorter songs and we've made them very, very catchy and we've made them very easy to pick up because anyone can fucking sing it. Mm-hmm. You know the best atmospheres are when when the cops start singing Liverpool, Liverpool, Liverpool yeah. because it's so fucking easy and everybody in the ground can know the words to it and that's what creates a good atmosphere nowadays. And unfortunately, we've yeah. moved away from those songs where you can go with the course, choruses and all that type of stuff. It's the way that modern football's gone. It's, I don't think it's actually the people. I think the people are still the same. Yeah, A large part of them, especially up in those singing sections and stuff, they sing songs that I don't hear and yeah. that I've never heard before and I don't know the words to and I'd love to know some of the words because you go the away games and they're spouting all these songs. They're still there. They might not be current, yeah. but you can't get that. Even my favourite chant of all time isn't sung the way that it should be sung on the cop. When you go to an away game, you know, uh, I was born under a live of birds. That is incredible because that can go on for 10, 15 minutes yeah. and create something and build up to something. Yeah. And it's such an easy song, yet you can't do it in the cop because it just dies out. You know what the problem... I, but, I, yeah, I think I think I, I, there's that, absolutely. But I think there's two. there's a couple of elements to it is that we don't have a genuine hero anymore who we're, like, desperate to give an amazing song to. Like, the man is just fine. I th- and I also think we're a bit accepting of... That'll do. There's a bit of uh, there's a bit too much of that will do about it, and also I think we've we, we've struggled as well because maybe we've just been unlucky with how players' names scan into songs. I think we need to think this about the transfer well, well, policy. Well, this is the thing, you know, we're, we're a more uh, a multicultural and multinational football club now, and we're getting players from all over the world. It was easy when they were called fucking Jones and Miller and all that type of fucking English name. Yeah. you know, it's it's very but no, easy. But, but I don't even think that. Maybe just we just need more South, South American and Spanish. They seem to work really well. We you know, when we had all the Spanish lads, they used to fit tremendously into in, into songs really really well and that is the thing for me the last time we had it the last decent song we had was Louis, was Luis Suarez uh, but that in itself was nowhere near as good in fact I'll follow on because Blaine Agard uh, at Blaine LFC asked us what our favourite LFC chants were and he said he loved the Maxi and Torres ones this is the thing the Torres chant and I you know he's like you love that chant big time like that was that was the pinnacle I think in, in recent years of us creating an amazing amazing chant for someone the only thing I'm glad about is that we've been resistant to all the other same shite yeah. chants that everyone else seems That's to have. Good. That's I don't know the words, but like the, the everywhere we go, everywhere, every fucking team sings. I don't know what the words. I don't care to know the words. There's the we've got Mesozil song yeah. and uh, and all that. I I'm glad that because I have this theory that. I think I've said this to you before but I've not said it on a podcast before so I'll say it now is that football fans and it goes back to what you were saying it's becoming more and more like the wrestling yeah and I, I remember going to the Liverpool Echoes watch Raw taping a few years ago and do you remember the Stone Cold Steve Austin what thing yeah, of course I do so he, when, we were, when we were wrestling fans he invented that what exactly um Please don't do it anymore. It's so angry. But it, it, it's one of those things where it came in and it was the worst thing that ever happened to wrestling because what you come to realise when you go to the wrestling, it's, 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 it's 10,000 different people every single week and they may get to go once. So they want to do the fucking right. what thing. And that's the thing that happens now is that every football team has got the same fucking chance because they want they to sing about Gerard slipping. Exactly. exactly. And, they're the ones that go, and Liverpool have resisted that, but we are, we are slipping and we're crumbling away. We need to actually build up something. We need... 
You need trophies, you need big wins, you need big plays, you need things to happen on a world stage to be able to create these things. You need to go over to Europe and hear chants of other songs, because let's face it, lots of Liverpool's chants were from European teams and from on your travels, and you you hear songs and you see fans singing songs that you've not heard before, and you can take that and you can make that your own, because it's an experience that you've all got together. That's what makes football fucking so good, that's what makes chants so good, and that's what we don't have enough of. Well, exactly, and you you look at what's happened, the the best things that we've come up with lately have been... Merry, um, Merry Christmas, Everton. Yeah, brilliant. You know, and that's it's not like an amazing jump, but it actually is. And I'm I'm kind of, I'm gutted that we had to that that's gone. You know what I mean? Because there's a good there's a good Mane song, and it's and, it, and it's you gone know, by the, the wayside. The, you know, the other one that the one that's now a, a big part of it is the poetry emotion. And we are Liverpool. Yeah. That was a good chance. That's because actually become the, an established chance, be, hasn't and it, it has, yeah. and, and that's because of the way that we play football yeah. at the time. Like, so you've got to get something from the team. Yeah. To and like, these lo- loads of people hated the Brendan Rodgers one, but at least it it was something. It caught, it, it caught on. It did. It did okay. Oh, Pasco, Colin Pasco's chant was a belter. Yeah, yeah. But even uh, I, I'm not sure that was ever really a. a it was niche. I like yeah, that. Yeah, that must have been. Pasco's chant was the best. But the the thing that we've 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 got like I I do wonder with the guys who I know it, there's not like a little group of fellas who invent these and then wheel them out. It can't. They're organic things that happen. But I do think there are a lot of fellas ah, who go their ways. But Marley. From the, the city other, stuff, yeah. But the, again, it's what I'm talking about. It's you go on your travels, yeah. and that was Wembley, like. Yeah, exactly. But you have that feeling where you're all together, and some guys just got up in the middle of a bus and started yeah. singing this. That's wicked. The, the problem I think we've got is that again, what's happening is we we're so short on amazing songs that I do think we're, we're almost going as it going. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, that that'll do. You know what I mean? Like we the the Jürgen Klopp song's the best example of this. I when you hear it when you're on the concourse. I was at um, Villa away last year, and we were singing it on the concourse, and it was fucking brilliant. Um, absolutely loved it. Um, it it's that no one knows the word the proper words to it, and it's a re- it's a weird tune, so it doesn't it doesn't have a natural flow to it. If and it, let's be honest. All told, it's a bit shit. You know, it's it. You know, the 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 chanting and all that. It's just it's it's just it's crap. It's not as good. But like Ian says, he doesn't want to wants to sing it anyway. A because it's shit, and B because he wants us to be successful first before people mm. start singing his name, which is great. So hopefully we develop that. But I do kind of feel like there's these little events will happen maybe on a coach or maybe there's a group of people go to go to there's a, a you have those boss nights and stuff in Liverpool and someone whips something out and we go. That that'll do. Whereas I think they've become a, the good, the attempted good songs have become a bit a bit niche. Whereas they're not as no one's hit upon it. We just need to stumble upon, like the three little birds thing, like the Merry Christmas thing. We need to find a fucking boss catchy song. It, you know what annoys me? Sorry, I've, I've been talking for right. twenty minutes now. Why Arsenal have got um, the the Giroud doing Hey Jude? Like why haven't we? I know I know maybe no one fits for it. Why that Liverpool should have a fucking Hey Jude. Variants instead of going to the constant like Danny, Danny Ings, Danny. No, no, it was the fucking Hanny Kuehl song, it was the fucking Joe Cole, Cole song. We were basically condemning Danny Ings to failure by giving him that song. Yeah, I want Crack. some originality in fucking songs anyway. From rant over, be everyone be funnier and better. I reckon we, I reckon we get the ragamuffins in and get them right and write some belts. Like that idea, yeah, we, we'd be mean. To, oh, that's shy. Do you want to fancy doing some, writing some belting, some belt and Liverpool chants? I'll have a go. Excellent. Size, 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 bang up for it. Uh, the, I wouldn't the, say bang up for it. <laughs> he said the off. I, I, I did actually think of one. Yeah. I think it might be shit. Okay. Yeah, I'll come over and. Go oh, here we go. Size coming in. Producer Sai. Mane and Coutinho, Rigi and Firmino, la la na. 
it's not gonna catch on. But it, it's the again, but like the na 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 na. Why not la 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 la. Just thought of that now. So I like it. That's cool. Like but I, Lalana's the one for me who I think there's so much potential for. Everyone loves Alana. His name's basically a song. Isn't it's it, basically right? a song. He's got a natural rhythm to his name. Uh, so yeah, something something to do with that would be would be fucking tremendous. Um, questions. Let's get so yeah sorry we're, so we're bringing the ability to win league trophies and <laughs> songs out of the bin for this week. Yeah. Um, Jack Hamilton, Chris asks, uh, he's Jack Hamilton 203, uh, if we sell Sturridge, who would be your ideal replacement? And then what he's done is put Ask the Club, because like a divvy, I put the tweets out for Social Club on Ball Street, and I then used that hashtag on a Red Men tweet, peering behind the curtain there. Um, go on. <sighs> who would be an ideal replacement for Daniel Sturridge? No, the question is, if, we, if we're going to play one up front... And we're going to keep Firmino and Origi. And let's just say Danny Ings is still a thing. Mm. Do we need to go and buy another built for it centre forward? Yeah. Or do we need someone who can do, like like a Sanchez, who can do that and do that really well, but he, you know, he can also play him from the left and no, play from the right. fucking striker, mate. Just get a fucking striker in. Get him in. Look at the other top teams in the league. That's why they beat teams lower down the league. Yeah. Because they've got a guy who can score 20 to 30 league goals a season. Yeah. You know, every single one of those teams and our strikers scored 10 or whatever and our right winger scored 12. It's amazing what Sadio Mane's done. Yeah. But he can't be our top scorer. That's what's fundamentally wrong with our team. Yeah. You've got to go out there and I don't know the name of the player. But what I will say is, he's got to be able to do it all. He's got to be like a Diego Costa. He's got to be like Alexi Sanchez. He's got to be a Guero. He's got to have a Guero's finishing with Alexi Sanchez's work rate. You know what? They've got Carigi. He's brilliant. How old is he? 22. Should he be starting for Liverpool at 22? Or should we have someone who's 27 banging in goals yeah. and Divock learning from? We've got plenty of time with Divock Origi. We really have. Yeah. We've got you know at least two years until he's in the team full-time. Yeah. If, if he hasn't proven that he's Lukaku-like. Yeah. But, you know it, what I mean? but it, it, the thing with the Divock Origi thing, again, if we're going to go out... Yeah, I agree. If there's someone out there who's that it, there's the problem. I don't think there's someone... Out, people might say Lacazette. And I got no point. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind us taking the punts on Lacazette. Yeah. The guy scores goals. I don't think he's that guy. I don't know, but uh, the point is, you know, if you're looking around, a guy that hasn't had, hasn't secured that big move, who's in the prime now of his career, he's in his mid twenties, and he's probably ready for that step up. If someone's going to take a punt on him at some point, maybe he's it. My thing, my my thing is, and this is where I think we're we're in a, an unusual situation, is because if David Rodriguez's twenty two, going twenty three. Again, where we've had our best success in buying the guys who are the the thirty goal a season. I'm not forwards. interested in buying them at that age, though. But what I'm, I'm interested in buying them at the, the prime. Oh no, true. But the point I'm, the point I'm making is, I don't think that player exists at the you know at the level that we want. We're, we're looking. Maybe I that's think the case. Already, I think Maybe that's the case. And to be and club. to be perfectly honest with you, look, Divock Origi, and I think he'll go on to achieve good things in football. And whether it's at Liverpool or not, I hope it's at Liverpool. I really do. I really like him as a player. Um, but what you've got to remember is he's got no one to learn from. Who's he learning from oh, in that yeah, squad? Yeah. Well, Daniel no, Sturridge. Daniel Sturridge, great. He's learning how to sit on the fucking bench or not in the fucking changing rooms every week. Fan fucking tactic. Thank you very fucking much. Yeah. No, he's not learning from Roberto Firmino because he's not the same type of player. He's 
no one there for him to look up to. Yeah. He needs someone who's fucking world class. So if that's the case, why surely it's more someone who's maybe toward the, it was maybe was world class look, toward the tail end or the, at the look, other end I, of the scale. Why 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 would you ever want to get someone under the decline? Because we're if there's about... somebody, if there's an imaginary player out there, mm-hmm. you're getting them in the prime or just before it, aren't you? Right before it, yeah. You know, and you, you have them for the two, three years of their prime. You do. And look, it could be that there isn't that guy, as yeah. you said, and then maybe, you know what, maybe I'd consider it. If it's fucking Zlatan at 35, I'd have considered it. Yeah. Definitely, and I'd love Liverpool to have signed Zlatan from what he's done this but season. But what if it's alone. someone like like a Cavani or a, a Benzema, someone like that? Sound. Yeah. Absolutely sound. Let Show show him the way. Yeah. Do you know, that's all it's about, isn't it? He's got to have someone that he can look up to, that he can go, wow, look, if you train like this, if you if you move like this, you can score goals like this and you can have a career like that, that's brilliant. That's what developing yeah. players is. It's I, not buying them and hoping they turn out all right. And yeah, I, I, that, that's the thing, though. The problem is, is that David Carigi would, if, if, we were, if we were buying him this summer, he would fit them. That's what I'm kind of saying. Is he would fit the mold for what we normally go out and buy. Except we've seen him. You get, exactly. But but that's but that's the point. Is that and then is that just down to I just want someone else because I want someone else. No, I want someone who's gonna get us between twenty and thirty legals next season, and I don't think Divock's that player. Right. Based on he's not scored twenty goals in a season in his career. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, that's fine. Let's just say it's that thing of where where I hope Divacarig doesn't fall into the trap of that of us having bought him too young and not been able to develop him. And it what because here's the problem: uh, if we're not going to play to a guy's strengths, you can buy whoever the fuck you want. You're right. You know, if 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 if, if we play, if we need the guy who's playing centre forward to play like Roberto Firmino, then. We are. We could buy Sergio Aguero, and he wouldn't score fucking twenty-five goals for us. That's the issue we've got. Because right now we've got. I think I say Divock Origi has got by and large all the attributes that You're we're right. talking about. Right. The only thing that's the only way he's going to prove himself to score twenty goals a season if he plays 10, 15 games where we actively look to get him in in the way that he he, he plays yeah, football. You, you look, you know? well, you're not you're not wrong at all. But look, we've seen that uh, over Jurgen Klopp's career as a manager, he has had players that can score those goals, and he's had them in striking positions playing up top on their own. The likes of Lewandowski, yeah. the likes of all right, Aubameyang got better probably when he got when he left. But um, who was the guy? Was it more not more or something like that before Lewandowski? I forget his name now. Um, these guys scored twenty goals from that place playing the same style of football. So yeah. you can do it. It's yeah. just that Roberto Firmino, I don't think, is that striker. Yeah. Just then, in, in terms of it, then pick someone. We're not necessarily someone who's a realistic signing or whatever, because we say an ideal replacement. Who playing in football now? Do you, would you? Would you? I've said it. I've think? said it before, and I've said it again. I think Aubameyang's the player that I'd have because he's got that pace. But yeah. I think if you look at something maybe a little bit more realistic, I actually kind of like Cavani as the fit for that mm. because he's a guy who you know he's been playing at PSG. He's been he played second fiddle to Zlatan for a long time. I think he's still got a bit of a chip on his shoulder, and I think you know from a from a mental standpoint that could really suit like a Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. For me, it's. <sighs> It's 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 not the it's Diego Costa when we try to sign him, yeah. not Diego Costa now because I think he's just a little bit he's probably a little bit slow for what we need. And this is the thing with it. I look around and I'm not. It's it. I mean, like Aguero, yeah, yeah. That I don't. I still don't know who it is because again, it just boils down to how we how we choose to choose to play football. You write that what you want is someone who does who does the lot, and Aubameyang is 
is the one who fits the fits the bill. Tall, athletic, great shot on him, good feet. Pace ninety nine. Exactly, yeah. Um but this is this is the state this is the this is the situation where where we're at. It's kind of the managerial medical rounds from like a year ago. Is that I don't know whether the players who are the players, okay, the players who are in their prime, are we ignore the fact that we're Liverpool haven't won the Premier League and blah blah blah, blah blah and maybe even ignore the finances to some extent. It's more that are these players moving and would be, be would they be made available mm. to us because why Chelsea if Chelsea maybe they move Costa on. Is that would would you be would, if if he was moving on he was available? We're talking about Aguero. We've talked about Sanchez. Costa's gonna go. Would you be? Would you want Diego Costa in that in, in that team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's um, it's an interesting one. I think that's. I think what, what Liverpool need as much as anything else is someone to wear the number nine shirt. Yeah, and be fucking amazing at scoring goals. And someone who gets a, gets a brilliant chance, therefore off the back of it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, because we've been sorely lacking that, and you know you have, you do just have to go back to Fernando Torres since we had a guy who you could go wow, you know he when you look at like at the history of the people who wear that shirt, you want someone who's who's befitting yeah. of that shirt. You do, and you want you want that number nine, and you want the guy to remember the number on the back of his yeah. shirt and not the name, and you want him to remember the number and the badge on the front. So that's yeah. what you want from your side. We've got too many, too many of those issues. I think with that in our squad at the minute, it's like James Milner having the number seven shirt. You know, that's a shirt that you, you for me, Liverpool's three best players should be seven, nine, and ten. And I know obviously people like go eighth, Gerard. Yeah, fine, but you know. Yeah, you know, I know Ray Houghton wore it and John Aldridge wore it. Even Gerard kind of really broke the mould on that on on that one. Um, So yeah, Uh, thanks very much for your question, Jack. Uh, Stephen Beerman asks via Facebook, "What are your thoughts on the Mario Guerta situation? With Klopp reportedly willing to sign him, would you still take him despite snubbing us and his injury issues for twenty million? I'd take the gamble, but can understand why some won't." Yeah, um, I find this one quite difficult to to find where my head is at on it. To be honest with you, I think you know it's it's you heard it. Um, I was really pissed off last summer when he when he when he wanted to go to um, when he wanted to stay. Gosh, fuck when, he when, he, to when he wanted to go back to Dortmund, sorry, uh, and you know because of the the money stuff and the Champions League and, and Klopp coming out and saying that he wanted to play as he, he wanted to be, maybe now he wants to be. Mm. Um, a little bit worried about the disease that he's got, I suppose. Well, that's the thing. At the minute, we just don't know what that's all about. There's loads of speculation about it, isn't there? Um, I had a quick look into because I'd, I'd, I'd heard it mentioned, and I, it wasn't I wasn't really that interested. But ahead of this, I thought I'd have a look. And he, at the minute, the last report I saw was he's he's basically sitting at home doing fuck all, waiting for them to develop a treatment plan for him. And they, this came about because he's had so many muscular injuries. They were trying to find the root cause of it, and it, they stumbled upon. On this, mm. there's a question asked by the German, um, um, what, what a German publication, I forget which one, and they basically said these players are, are tested to the nth degree every single season on a, such a regular basis that this has been overlooked or not been not been seen. It's a great, a wonderful expression. It says, "Has have have has this problem been kicked into the long grass by a team in the wow. past?" Which I love that. I like the idea of like kick kicking there. Well, you know, let's not let's not let's not worry about loads that. of balls in that long grass. <laughs> exactly, um, and that's the big issue with with Gator because you're talking twenty million quid. 20 million quid of your budget. If you get him, it's like it's similar to the Mario Balotelli argument, isn't it? Is that that is a steal for a guy who showed that level of quality a couple of years ago, but if you can't guarantee his fitness, 
Here's the thing. We're we're getting the Bayern Munich doctor at the end of the season, aren't we? No. Aren't we now? No, I don't know. I know Cop went back and got rebuffed for one a couple of weeks or so ago. Right, okay. Well, I thought, thought either way, you speak to him and you ask him what the fuck went on. Um, Look, if if Klopp and the medical team decide that it's the right move and he Mm. thinks he can get some other player, I'm always going to back the manager, Yeah, exactly that. But I think on a a personal perspective, given now, given it exists in the pie in the sky world, I think we've had too many players that we can't, can't rely yeah, upon. You're right. You're right. Um, and I'd rather. This is the thing. This is where I think people get hung up on the names. And it, you know, this comes back to this guy about buying guys in the peak. The problem with buying guys in the peak is that if they're fucking genuinely amazing at footy, odds are they're going to cost you 50, 60, 70, 80 million pounds. And odds are they're going to go and sign for Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, fucking Man United, Man City, etc., etc. To get a guy in his prime who's good enough to break to be to improve our first team, there's like it's money ball, isn't it? There's got to be something wrong with him. But this is where FSG, I think, have to stand up yeah. and put a marker down because they're not gonna they're, they're gonna still have all these people going FSG out, FSG out until they prove that they're willing to risk mm-hmm. for a reward. And I think so far, yeah. I don't think I've seen enough of that from them. Or we just have success, but yeah, I think that you're right. I think in, I think the problem we've got is that we've seen that already to some extent. And I don't think, I don't know what the issue is because you you, know, you looked at the the books thing last week. We made a we made a loss because we spent money on um, on players, and I guess that's what the big issue is. Like how much million on getting rid of how much yeah, how much loss that. are we how much loss are we prepared okay. to take on these things? No, you you, you are you are right. That I, I just do wonder whether we're ever going to be that club that goes out and spends. But I don't I. Are Liverpool going to break the world transfer record no. under FSG? No. And I don't necessarily think that's a massive criticism of FSG, but I think it's more that I do... Yeah, but we I, can break ours, mate. Yeah. And we have done, in fairness. Yeah, and, and, they, and they have as we well. Need to, like, we need to go out there, I think, and put a marker down. Yeah. No, I, I, um, I, I do We're a big club and that. we should fucking act like But it. this is the thing, isn't it? Is, yeah... Yeah, yeah, but again, in, in getting back to the in getting back to the Gator thing, I would rather spend twenty million pounds on a guy who's twenty two, ready to make that ready to make that breakthrough. I'd rather go and buy the next Gator than buy the, the buy the current Gator yeah. because I suppose it's the Balotelli thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly that. It could work out really well, and 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 I, I would love it. I would love Manuel Gator at Liverpool because when he's playing and he plays well, he's boss at footy, isn't he? And all the all the the hype around them. I think we need a little bit of that hype because uh, look, look at Sadio Mane for fuck's sake. Sadio Mane is fucking amazing, and but so many people were raging that we signed him because let's be honest, they'd have rather have signed Gerta because let's be honest, they know who Gerta is. He's a big name. He's the kind of player that their Arsenal and United mates and all that would go. Oh, I'd, I'd have had him, um, but Sadio Mane's come in and done the absolute business for us. But it's not about what you what you Man United and your Arsenal mates think before they play for you. It's what do you, it's what do you yeah, think afterwards. Yeah. And right now they're all looking at Sadio Mane and going, "Fuck, exactly. I'm gonna miss out on exactly. him." Exactly, everyone's jealous of the Sadio Mane. But I, I look back and I think we all, for that we, we look we were all watch we were all keeping a tentative eye on Fernando Torres because he was amazing in footy manager, you know, and he and he was threatening to break through and he looked like he was ready to make that step up and then we got him and everyone was like, wow, he was the envy of everyone because we were the ones who took the plunge on him. Uh, and similarly Suarez as well. So yeah, that's the that, that's the thing for me. I, I I don't think I'd like us to be that club, don't get me wrong, I'd love us to go and spunk fifty million three by three fifty million pound players wow. and, and solve all, solve it all. But I think 
I would be just as happy for us to go and buy. You know, again, as you say, it's the end product that's the most important thing sometimes, and spending big money doesn't necessarily guarantee success because look at Paul Pogba. No, I don't think there's any questions over his ability. Mm. I think he's a tremendous footballer, but I would be, if that's the marker that we're looking at laying down, yeah. I I still think that's a, I just think it's a massive waste of money. You know, I would rather us, I would rather us buy two, buy two players for that, for that price yeah, than, buy, than buy the one. Um, massively off topic, but thanks, Stephen Beerman. Um, <laughs> Gustav Nilang asked, asked the big favourite all-time Liverpool 11s. I think he's did this, didn't he? Yeah, he did this on the statue last uh, week on uh, the website. Which is available on the redmentv.com. Go and watch that right now. But he also says, also says, also, if you were cookies, what cookie would you be? <sighs> I think you'd be a smarties cookie. I don't think that's right. Why do you think there's little bursts of exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I think you've got these little moments of just these moments of flashes of inspiration and colour. Okay, well, you know, that's a, that's a good shout. I think maybe more like an open raisin or something like that. Do you know what I mean? From the outside, it looks crispy, it looks hard, but I think when you get into it, they're a bit chewy, aren't they? And they're a little bit soft and stuff like that. But then you still get those because the raisins, they do get a little bit hard. You do have to chew a little bit more and you, you have to really dig deep for the depth of flavour and stuff. So I think that maybe I'd be an open raisin cookie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got no idea. I, I, just the whatever, whatever's the whatever's the most sweet and sickening. I'd white chocolate. Oh, sure, go ahead. I'll be a white chocolate cookie. Great answer, Paul. Oh, no, it's tremendous. I'll, 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 I'm, I'm doing that. I'm like, I'm like the fucking. It's like having the Beatles as a support act. <laughs> hey everyone, here's our here's our acoustic set. After the Beatles have just fucking ended on Twist and Shout. Um, so yeah. Um, Blaine Agard asked, I didn't quite, I didn't quite answer this before on, on the, your favourite Liverpool chance. The Torres one's your... Uh, yeah, and right now, the live of Burn one. Uh, for me, it's still, and it always has been, and it always will be, Fields of Anfield Road. There's something about that, because we talk about the best songs, Build, and they've got to have, they've got to have that thing to them, which gives you the moment to get onto what's being sung. Like, oh, right, you know, and you yeah. go, yeah, we're doing this. And there, there's nothing better. And it, it, it's always when we've just, it's a good game. We're performing well and we're winning. And that song, when you've got everyone, you just look around and everyone's up clapping and just a sea of people clapping and, and bouncing and stuff like that. And we was playing Man United um, and having the whole, the whole of Anfield singing that mm. song is glorious is as close to like a spiritual experience when that song gets on when it's done poorly it's it's not it's not very good Safe. but it's that one you know it's it's the best barometer of how well Liverpool are performing and the, and the mood of the fans when that song goes to three verses when we go we, when it comes around for the third time around you know things are amazing at Liverpool football club that's my absolute favourite favourite Liverpool chant um, so yeah in fact we will let's see if we've got one more that we can go to We've got a few more questions actually, but we 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 have talked for fucking ages this time around, so we will let people go and get on with their lives in the in in, a, in an auditory sense. Um, those of you who are watching on the RedmenTV.com, we've got a few more questions. We'll be answering exclusively for you. Um, if you do like the podcast and you do like the the, the, the cut of our jib, the gist of what we do, then you know we do loads and loads of content. The RedmenTV.com, we do three plus this as well, uh, exclusive. Um, shows for the subscribers which are all around between uh, generally around 45 minutes to an hour long each and obviously all the free content on the YouTube channel as well so please do I, I implore you go and check that stuff out if you're leaving us here and you're on iTunes make sure you do drop us a review and all that kind of good shit as well spread yeah. the love 
two right. Yeah, if you if you so if you're seventeen in the charts last we week, did on get our first week on iTunes. Yeah, not bad. In I the want, sports and hobbies. I want more. I want more. Tell your friends, spread the love. Um, so if you're leaving us here on, uh, on on the podcast, thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back for more Red Men TV podcast goodness next week. Um, walk on, guys. See us later. And for those of you sticking around, let's get stuck back into it. <laughs>